Welcome to Finding the More Ministries, where our mission is to inspire everyone to experience the exceeding abundantly more that Jesus has promised. We trust that our podcast will not only challenge you, but encourage your spirit to go deeper into God's Word. And now for today's speaker. Welcome back to our Moving Forward series, and today I'm here with Julia, and we're going to be talking about anxiety, and she's going to be sharing kind of her heart with us, so Julia, thank you. Um, So why don't we start with kind of just telling us a little bit about you. All right, so I'm Julia. I am married. I've been married for 19 years. I have two wonderful children, Daniela, 21, and Oliver, who is 14. Um, my husband and I have a ministry together, so we have been in ministry for about 10 years now, mm-hmm. and our children are with us there. Um, so um, I guess to share with our people watching that um, we're not in North Carolina, mm-hmm. so we want to say where we're at. We are in sunny Florida, even though today's not a sunny day, but right. it, we're in sunny Florida. Um, been here pretty much all my life in, okay. in, in Florida. Yeah, so um, Julia and I worked together, so I had the opportunity to kind of ask her to share her heart um, with us, so excited for that today. So, you know, the topic of anxiety, so I know for me, you know, it's not something that I have experienced, Mm -hmm. you know, really anybody in my family has experienced. So why don't we start with just kind of explaining to us what that looks like, maybe to somebody from the outside, and then what does that feel like for you on the inside? Um, I think for people in the outside, they just don't understand because you don't understand until you've gone through it because it's not, I mean, I think that so many things have come out now with mental illness and uh, depression and anxiety and we could talk more about it right now, but for, because my husband struggled with it when we first met, he didn't understand what it was. He's like, what is anxiety? What do you mean right. that you're worried? What are you worried about? There's nothing to worry about, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of it is worried. It's you're fearful for what could happen, but it hasn't happened and it may not happen, right? right. Um, that's what I f- felt. For him, he didn't understand, what do you mean? Nothing has happened, there's nothing wrong. Um, so that's that's kind of the difference, right? For somebody that, that experiences, and it's that constant, you know, because anxiety can be many things. For me, it was a constant worry, mm-hmm. right? Um, it was, you wake up worried, you spend your day worried, but you have to function, and then you go to sleep worried. And then you wake up the next day and it's that constant worriness um, that I felt. So it's, you learn, you know, unfortunately for a lot of people, you just learn to live with it and mm-hmm. hide it. Um, and, it, and when you do that, it, it gets worse. Yeah. Right. So were there certain things that you would worry about? Like, are there certain things or is it everything? Well, we have, to, you know, we have to talk about how it happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So um my father passed away very tragically a week before my wedding so mm-hmm. saturday before my wedding and that triggered yeah. a ptsd right post-traumatic stress disorder and i worried about dying i worried about my family members dying i worried about my mom dying my sisters right so anybody that was close to me right. um and i was constantly worrying about that constantly worrying about having heart condition because my father died of a heart attack right or my mom having heart condition, or, you know, my sister, um, and that, that escalated. So, and it's not only the anxiety, because if you don't treat the anxiety, then 
I started having panic attacks, mm-hmm. right? And I remember um, that I would, I would time Lewis. Like he would leave to work and I knew that he had to be there. Like he would, it would take him 30 minutes to get there. I, in 30 minutes, if he didn't call me or he didn't answer the phone, I thought he had killed himself in a car accident. I mean, it was, it is the worst thing that you live through. Right. Uh, because you always, you're always, always expecting the worst news. Always kind of overthinking it and right. analyzing. And expecting the worst. worst. Expect, expecting the worst. And then that started happening with, with everything, you know, mm-hmm. not going to the doctor because you think they're going to give you the worst news. Not, I mean, just, and it, it starts building up and gets worse as time progresses. Mm-hmm. And then from that was anxiety. Then I went into panic attacks and then I started having extreme fears or phobias right um as well for 12 years and that's what i was going to say so how long you know your dad had passed how mm-hmm. long were you dealing with that anxiety? 12 years 12 years it was 12 years and you couldn't talk a lot about it because every time you would tell someone that you yeah have anxiety are you crazy right i'm not crazy i can function perfectly fine it's mm-hmm. has, one thing has nothing to do with the other so you 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 suppress it you keep it inside, you deal with it, right? You, um, you hide from people, you, you avoid certain things, then you start avoiding certain situations that may trigger it. Like right. for me, being in, in close places will trigger the anxiety. Like if I went to restaurants that were too packed or too yeah. many people, it would trigger the anxiety. Um, if it was too far away from home, it would trigger the anxiety mm-hmm. because I couldn't control my environment, control. right? Because it's a lot about you controlling. You're really not in control and you, of course I learned that afterwards, but you 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 have to feel that you're in control. Um, but I dealt with it for 12 years, and I tried every single medication, mm-hmm. and I tried psychologists, uh, psychiatrists, psychotherapists, and nothing worked. So did you feel in that 12 years that you were kind of stuck? Completely. When it came to um, even stuck in relationships, stuck even at work, uh, for work, like mm-hmm. growing because I was afraid right. of making changes. Like right. you're afraid of changes, right? Um, you get stuck in your relationships too, because my husband didn't understand that. He's like, are you just trying to control me? And I'm like, no, you don't understand. So you do. And you, and then you start just keeping it, keep, you keep it in because you don't want other people, it to affect other people mm-hmm. or it to affect relationships with other people. It's very, it's, it's, it's not only the anxiety, it's dealing with it and trying to hide it and cover it. So did you years. share it? Like you mentioned, you shared it with your husband. Were there other people that you shared it with or so, did you kind of keep it close? I shared it with, so people that I shared it with the most were my doctor. So my, my primary care has been my doctor for a very long time. My cousin who's a psychiatrist who helped me through a lot of it. Um, you know, at some point with, you know, my mom, mm-hmm. my mom as well. and. And my, with my mom, it was later on because she was dealing with my dad passing, right. right? And she was dealing with her own stuff. But I couldn't talk about it at work like I do now, right? Like mm-hmm. now we can talk about it and we, we're okay um, because people label you, yeah. right? So um, I, I would not talk about it outside my personal circle. And I think that's interesting that you say, you know, you weren't able to share that with your mom because, you know, she Mm -hmm. was grieving, you know, Mm -hmm. similar for me, you know, like when my dad passed, there there was a lot of things that, you know, even though they are the parent and you're the child, Mm -hmm. you think, okay, I can't share this. I want to protect them. Um, So that has to be hard. It's really hard because you're, you know that they're suffering. Mm -hmm. Uh, My parents were married for 36 years. Um, 
and for, and my dad died suddenly. It's not like he was sick and we were at the hospital and we were, you knew he was going to pass away. I mean, my mom left to the doctor that morning and my dad went to work and never right. came back, you know? So it was really hard. And so I guess was, that could be yeah. your fear, right? You just said it, like your dad left right. and didn't come back. He didn't come you back. Know, and that was your fear. So I saw my dad and the next time I saw my dad was in, in funeral home. Right. So it's very, it was very... It was a very traumatic experience for me. Um, and you know, I still deal with it at times, but I think I'm... And are there certain things that kind of still affect you more than others with yeah. that? Yeah, it does. And I mean, the COVID situation triggered a lot of my anxiety. I've been very good for a long time. Again, it's that losing control, right? right. It's like, what if? You know, what if I get sick? What if my kids get sick? What if my mom gets sick? You know, mm -hmm. and then... It, it, there's things that trigger, even with Oliver, right? With his, his allergies. I know that he's fine, he's healthy, but every time he gets sick, I'm like, he can't get sick. Right. You know, what do I do? What, what else can I do? And then you kind of realize that it's not in your hands. Mm -hmm. You have no control, right. right? Well, and I think that kind of brings you to the, the big change. Like, what happened? You know, you were stuck for 12 years. How did you get you know, unstuck or start to move forward a little. So very interesting in, um, I think it was 2008. I used, February 2008 was when, well, that year it started where I, I used, I remember driving home from work and I would call Louis crying and saying, I feel that I, I'm empty. Like I'm missing something. I'm not happy. Right. And he was like, what's wrong? Am I doing something wrong? Is it me? And I go, no, that's nothing to do with you. Right. And I just, I always knew that God existed, right? Mm -hmm. I always knew God existed. I, I, I prayed to God. I just didn't know, right, what I know now. And in February 2008, I met a pastor, a young pastor. His name was Pastor JJ. And I met him through some cousins of mine who were going through some issues. And they said, why don't you come to a, they did like a house of peace, like a group, a home group. Yeah. And I went and it was radical, Natasha. He says, you know, tell me about you, right? And I'm mm -hmm. like, here, and he goes, what are your struggles? What do you feel? He was very, um, it was easy to trust him and talk to him. And that night I went home, I told Louis, I think I'm a Christian now. <laughs> and he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And Louis had grown up, went to evangelical school. He was always a Christian, right? Mm -hmm. He, he um, but he never imposed it on me when we got married because I was a Catholic, right? right. Or, you know, I thought I was a Catholic. And I came home. And I took everything that belonged to the Catholic religion and I put it in bags and I told him, can you take this? I told the pastor, can you take this with you? And something just started happening. I don't know what started happening, but somebody, something happened in my life that right. day, right? And then I lose my job like a month later in March. I lose so my like job. There was a little bit of hope and then right? it's like, okay, now and we're And I'm like, wait a minute. I just accepted Jesus Christ and my Lord and Savior now I don't have a job. Right. But three days later, I get a job off. I get a, you know, they call me for an interview for a job and I get interviewed with the lady and a couple of days later, she's like, you're, we want you to come to our office. And our office, their office was in Tampa, in St. Petersburg. And my phobia for 12 years was I could not see or ride planes. Mm -hmm. Go figure, right? And she says, we're gonna fly you to Tampa in the morning, you'll fly back in the afternoon. And I'm like, what do you mean you're flying me there? Right. And, I, and I'm like, I, what do I say? And I remember going to Lewis and I go, can you drive me there? And he's like, you're going to fly there mm -hmm. and you're going to go and you're going to come back. Right, because Florida's not a small state, right? right. And we're in the south right. part. It, right, it would be 45 minutes on an airplane to Tampa, four or five hours in the car. Right. And I said, okay, but you're going to take me to the airport? No, I'm not. 
and I was mad. Right. I'm like, how can you be so inconsiderate? Don't you recognize my feelings? And I remember that that day I said, fine, I'm going to go. And I look it up and it's a propeller plane, tiny plane, 16 passengers. And I'm like, okay. So I took my Bible and I said, I'm just going to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. And I did it. Right. And how many trips have I taken since? And I'm going to tell you, I always tell my kids and when I come back, I, I, I usually tell the church, the closest I feel to God is when I'm in a plane. Mm -hmm. The more he speaks to me, the more I can write down. And that's where my my transformation started. It doesn't just go away. Right. You still deal with it, but there was just a sense of, I'm going to be okay. Right. Right. Like he gonna... gave you that peace. Amazing. Right. Amazing. And the phobia went away. The panics went away. And then the anxiety started going away. And yes, you get... Look, the enemy is a repetitive. He's not that smart. He's smart, but not that smart. So he never uses anything new in your life. He's going to use your weaknesses. Right. I was going to say, he knows your weakness. He knows so your weakness. where he's going to keep pressing you. And there's where we need to remember God's promises to us. Yeah. Right. That he says, be anxious about nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. And everything in Thanksgiving and prayer. And that's the thing that I started repeating over my life. That he's got my back. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for me to be anxious. There's right. no reason for me to worry. He's in control. Mm -hmm. And... That's where my healing started, but it took 12 years and of losing hope of being of like, this is my life. This right. is what I'm going to deal with for the rest of my life. Um, you know, the, the, the constant, you know, your heart's beating at 100 mm -hmm. miles per hour constantly. You're in meetings and you just want to scream and get out. You're in front of people and you're like, I'm going to pass out in front of somebody. Right. It's embarrassing. It doesn't happen right. because with anxiety, you get all these things, but they don't happen. Right. And believe it or not, when you, you're going through anxiety, you're more in control than you think mm -hmm. of yourself, right? Um, but then my, you know, that, that started and, and, and it, it was the best decision in my entire life. What pills and doctors couldn't do, God did to me in, in, in. In you know, a matter of a night? Nothing, yeah. In a matter of, you got to get on a plane tomorrow. Well, and I think it's interesting, like you, you know, you said you shared with Lewis, like, something's missing. Yeah. You know, and that was God. Yeah. You know? He, um, he always talks, when he preaches, he always talks about the puzzle, that our heart's a puzzle and there's a missing piece and nobody can ever, ever replace mm -hmm. that piece. And that piece is Jesus. Absolutely. And that's the piece that I was missing. Mm -hmm. And that's the piece of the puzzle that my heart was missing. Yeah. And it doesn't make us perfect. But it locks, it's like it locks something in, right? It, that's it. It's the complete, that's when you're puzzled. And then that's when you can start becoming right. who you, God created you to be. Mm -hmm. So that missing piece is what allows you to start walking your purpose. And, you know, I deal with it. Do I deal with the same level of anxiety now? Absolutely not. Does it try to come back? You know, um, COVID was, you know, it was testing for me. You know, I went through it. Uh, there were nights where I was like, Am I going to die? Right. Is, am I going to wake up tomorrow? My, my symptoms are going to be worse. Um, you know, the horror stories. And, and I would always go back to be worried about nothing. Right. Be anxious about you, nothing. As you said, like, saying to them, like, this, this is God's promise. Yeah. You know, and that's how we're to fight the yeah, battle. That's it. Um, you know, and we're kind of sharing that with our kids right now at church, to the, you know, the armor of God. And mm -hmm. that's... You're going to tell me a lie? Okay, I'm going to tell you a promise. Like, we're going to fight that word for word. Um, and I think that's, that's a great verse that you it, have. It's, to... it's every, every time worry tries to come, it's be anxious about any, 
about nothing. And the armor of God, um, the way that I use it for myself is he didn't give me, he did not give me anything to cover my back mm-hmm. because he doesn't want you to turn back. Right. Oh, that's he awesome. wants you to move forward, right? Yeah. So he gives you everything to cover the front. Mm-hmm. You got to face it. You got to move forward, right? Right. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be, right. There's going to be tough days, but he doesn't give you anything to cover right. your back. And the other verse that I, I constantly I use and I share with anybody that calls me when they have a situation or an anxiety or a problem is no weapon formed against you will prosper, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't say that no weapons are going to be formed. It says no, okay. not, it's not going to prosper against yeah. you. So when, I, when the anxiety tries to, the, when it's formed against me, mm-hmm. I tell them you're not going to prosper. Right. Like you, you can't, right? Yeah. So those are, we, the word was created it's God, it's God speaking to us. Absolutely. And you take it and then you speak to yourself about it, right? And right. You got to remind not, yourself. You have to. Which is one thing that I do in my house is constant reminders. Know, yeah. um, and that's something that I did when I started is making sure that I had a constant reminder of God's word everywhere I go. So if you go to my bedroom, if you go to my... Right. It's a constant reminder because that's what actually keeps us safe, right? Yeah. That's At least that to me, that's what keeps me safe. Um, it's a constant... Um, reminder of God's promises. I, I think that's a great idea. Like I think in, you know, in my bedroom, I have my word of the year, you know, mm-hmm. last year that was joy. And as yeah. soon as I wake up, I see it. It says, choose joy. That's right. You know, so it's that constant yeah. reminder of his promises or his love, yeah. you know, that he brings us in yeah. that. So what, what advice would you give others that maybe they're in that 12 year period of suffering silently feeling something's missing, what advice would you give people? So talk about it. You know, you have to find someone that it's not going to judge you, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go somewhere with that. So it doesn't judge you. Um, it's not going to, it's not, they're not going to talk about about it with somebody else. Um, it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus. It's, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I tell the church all the time, I, I'm probably not your typical Christian or minister or whatever they want to call me, right? Because I always speak from the heart. Mm-hmm. Like I go to God and I, I'm bare. I'm right. like, I am a hot mess. I, <laughs> I, how do you even use me, right? It's talking to Jesus about it. You know what? I, not that I don't believe in psychologists or psychiatrists. I do, but find someone who has, who has Christian principles. Right. Because what I learned through my experience is that going to someone that didn't know Christ, what they do is feed you medication and right. feed you what science says. When you find somebody that knows Christ, they'll say, yes, this is, there, there's an issue, right? There's, there, you have an issue, but here's where you find comfort, right. right? And I found comfort. I mean, I went through, this was not just anxiety, it's panic, phobias. And it was learning. It was, it was, um, it was continuous, you know, uh, reading God's promises, you know, uh, Matthew 6, right? Matthew 6, I think it's 25 to 34. Says, why are you going to worry about it? Right. Even if you add, you know, you're not going to grow and, and look at the birds and look at this. And then if it I says, bird, I'm right, going to take care exactly. of it. Exactly. And it says, um, seek the kingdom of God mm-hmm. first right. and everything else, right? So that's my, my recommendation is seek the kingdom of mm-hmm. God. Seek uh, God. Jesus is there. He's not going to leave us. He's always available. Right. He's not going to talk bad about you. He's not going to judge you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, and then and you can find somebody, find a minister or a pastor or somebody that has either gone through it or that can help you right. find the answers, mm-hmm. right, to it. But 
my experience of 12 years taking medication, spending a lot of money, mm -hmm. spent a lot of money on this, it was, I found, I was completely full and found my healing yeah. in God's word. Okay. So what about, you know, if somebody has somebody in their life that's suffering, what advice would you give for them for that anxiety that you can't see? Like being a person that suffered with anxiety, how do you help somebody through that, with that? Be, pray for them, be patient, and understand that it's like dealing with anything else. So whether it's depression or anxiety or panic, it's like high blood pressure, diabetes, mm -hmm. right? Arthritis, they're dealing with something in their life. Right. And it's, it's um, being understanding about that, mm -hmm. that I don't know what you're feeling, but I'm here for you. Right. And sometimes people just need somebody to listen, listen and not judge them. Sometimes I didn't need anybody to tell me anything. I knew that that it was something weird. I, I knew all those things. I read, I, I bought, I don't know how many self-help books, getting rid of anxiety. I get it, but I feel it. Right. So all you, need, right, all you need is somebody that just listen to that person, mm -hmm. be there for them. Give them a hug once in a while. We can't hug now, but right. but you know, just let people know I'm thinking about you. I get it. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be better encouraging that person to keep going, right? Because I met people that um, it's it's been so bad that they don't leave their homes, right? right? They and that's not where you want to. You know, you don't want that person to get there. So it's being understanding and just listening, yeah. right? Um, encouraging, sending them. You know, Perfect. hey, it's going to be fine. You know, God's got it. God's got your back. I'm praying for you. Those things, believe it or not, they make a difference. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, like, I know my mom, she didn't suffer with anxiety, but depression. You know, and those are those are things that you don't see. You don't see it. And for me, I was always like, I don't understand. Why don't you just be happy today? Or why don't you, you know, just get up and go do something? But it's that, it's truly a, a struggle. It is a huge, with that. I, I mean, I, I, I think that God has erased some of those memories. Um, I remember being in class one time, one night, and, and then I'm like, oh my God, how embarrassing, right? So I'm in class when I used to go to school like six to 10 on Tuesdays, and Lewis was working late, and I would, again, structure. I would call him at six o'clock, hey, I'm in class. He would answer, okay, I'm heading home. I said, can you text me when you get home? And so I call him at six, he doesn't answer. I call him at 6.10, he doesn't answer. I call him at 6.15, he doesn't answer. Latasha, I imagine Lewis, they used to work for this company that had silos. I imagine him drowned in a silo. My mind starts, I can hear the professor, but I start hearing him super far away. There's like 30 people in the classroom. People are presenting. I'm like losing my mind. I picked up my stuff and I walked right across the classroom in front of the professor teaching and just left the class right. because I thought I was going to pass out. Mm -hmm. Can't get a hold of Lewis, call his boss. I can't get a hold of him. Is he okay? He's like, I just left. He should be fine. And it was, I, I was going to drive to his job. Right. And then I get a call and then it all goes away. Just like that. It just goes away. And can't live like that. No. You can't live like that. So, um, if you know somebody mm -hmm. that's struggling with that, it's a real thing. Yeah. Um, they're not making it up. They're not, it's, you're not being extra. Like some people call it, right? Mm -hmm. Some kids say, oh, you're being extra. It's a real struggle and people need help. Right. And th to me, and I'll share, I mean, I share what happened to me. To me, the most 
what helped me the most was that ever I can I can just pick this up right. right. I don't need a refill. I can just pick it up. I don't right. need just pick it up and constantly remind myself that anxiety anxiety is is the opposite of faith. Mm-hmm. And God says that we have to have faith yeah. and believe in what we don't see. Mm-hmm. So every time I start feeling anxious, I don't. I, I believe in God. I know what right. He's done in my life. I have to have faith, and that that's how I kind of talk to myself. Well, I thank you for sharing your story. Um, I love the piece about the missing puzzle piece. Um, that'll kind of stick with me. Um, So I know this is kind of a hard story to share, but we definitely appreciate it. I know it's going to bless someone. And if you are someone that deals with anxiety or somebody in your family that deals with anxiety, we'd love to be in prayer for you. Mm -hmm. You can connect with us on our website at findingthemore.org. Um, You can find all of our avenues there. And until next time, keep moving forward. The Finding the More family would like to thank you for connecting with us today. You can find us at www.findingthemore.org or any of our social media platforms at Finding the More. Our prayer is that you experience the more in Jesus.